Okay, so we thought we had this quarantine thing under control, and then in the middle of fucking April, we got a blizzard in Maine and lost power for two days. So the wettest, heaviest snow you can think of, six, seven inches of it, trees down everywhere. There's a massive oak tree across the street, fell down in the middle of the night, which scared the shit out of everybody. Um, And then, so we've had no power, and now we have a mini hurricane coming tomorrow, 55-mile-an-hour winds, gusts of 65 miles an hour. So it's going to be a mess. Um, so it's an additional challenge, and who the fuck knows anymore? It's, it's just a whole thing. Um, so anyway, we're, we're going to talk now to uh, Andrea Streeman, and it's going to be great. And then at some point, I am going to be able to turn this around and upload it and have enough internet and power to do that. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Andrea. All right, we're talking with Andrea Schreeman. Uh She is a filmmaker and a crowdfunding person. She, um, her a feature script, Max Wrigley and the Incredible Chewing Catastrophe, she's adapting that into a series. And she is also working on a true crime drama, and she's done a bunch of other stuff. And thank you for talking to me on Easter. Yeah, happy the holiest Easter. of days. Whole, uh, it's really a different Easter this year, isn't it? It is. It is. There was no Easter when I went to the store yesterday because my mother-in-law needed more alcohol. Um, and that was an urgent thing. You're a good boy. I, you know, I'm trying to stay on <laughs> a good Catholic side. boy? <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay. There was no, I got there and I'm like, oh, I didn't buy any Easter things last time I was here, like whatever, a week ago or whatever. And there was nothing. There was like five Cadbury cream eggs. Oh, and that was it. So well, that's an Easter right there. That's pretty is. much all you need. That's like baseline Easter. So I found a bunch of other chocolate, and then I just loaded it into the toddler, and called it Easter. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we usually go to Houston. My husband's family. My husband's from Houston, kind of Houston. He's from Clear Lake, which is where NASA is. Okay. So like, he grew up with all these astronauts' kids. It was really oh, interesting. That's intimidating. Yeah, but it was just part of his life and his culture. So he knew all these guys and women who were going up and um, and returning and sometimes not returning. Challenger was a big thing for yeah. him. Um, but we go every year to Houston for Easter and his mom has been throwing a, an Easter like egg hunt, big thing for the kids for 20 years. And so not so much this year. Not so much this year, yeah. Yeah, my mother's decided she's going to do Easter in August this year. Yeah. Which, that's what she told us today. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? What are days? What are months? It's all, it's all a mess. It's a little bit of a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. So let's talk about that. How are you coping with this? Like, other than wanting to strangle the children? I don't want to strangle my child. So that's that's good. You're ahead of me. I have one son. He's seven years old. Um, I actually love homeschooling him because mm-hmm. he thrives that way and we get to do a lot of fun things that, I mean, his his school is pretty cool too, but he definitely prefers being at home. Um, but it has really thwarted my workflow. Sure. <laughs> um, and that is super hard, but I probably like everyone else, I'm finding new resources that are super valuable. And, um, and I'm also kind of, I find this time is a lot about, you know, pulling the weeds and throwing out the things that maybe were a little, 
a little fat on the whole system and, you know, just streamlining and trying to get as focused and as um, organized as possible. Um, you know, Sundance CoLab, all their stuff is free right now. So that's mm -hmm. good. I have, I've scheduled myself to see a few of those. I tapped into some stuff that USC, um, I'm a, I got my master's there. Um, finally found my uh, diploma. Oh, <laughs> it's just up there. Look at my that. dad, my dad moved. I'd been like bitching at USC for like a decade. Like you never sent me a diploma. And then um, I'm trying to get them to send me one for free because they cost a hundred dollars. And I was like, eh, a hundred, I don't know if you had said like 45. Yeah. Um, but then my dad moved out of the house they'd been in for 40 years. And, um, and, and, and he mailed me, my, he was like, oh, I found this. So I finally got to, anyway, so go. I tapped into some stuff that USC is doing. There's Dorse Life, which is maybe it's like a political, I don't know exactly what that school does, but they're having these really interesting um, webinars and, um, yeah, I'm using all my resources like Glass Elevate. There's a woman named uh, Joanna Bowser who has a film uh, company called Film Watch. And she, she's probably like helped me more than anyone during this time. Cause she's doing these just free two hour work sessions where everybody okay. comes together and says, Hey, what are you going to do? 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 And every like 30 minutes, you just kind of do a stretch break and check in. But it's been a great way for me to say to my kid, I love you so much. <laughs> and I've had a lot of fun on our big hike where we found lizards and Ooh. then, you know, built a fort and sure. did some Legos and did some math. And now you got to leave me alone for two hours. Now okay. it's time to watch a movie. Or something. Yeah, I do. Like yeah. every day I'm, I'm letting him do these like lunchtime play dates. So he's getting to see a friend every day and he's okay. engaged for like in that way, you know, for fun for like an hour or so. I don't know, just, <sighs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I feel you. I was, uh, someone was, a friend of mine asked on Facebook, like just before we did this, they're like, what are you most looking forward to when this is all over? And I replied, dropping the children off at grandma's house. You know what, every, it's, it's really crazy, but when I do that, so my husband is an essential worker. He's going into work oh, every okay. day. So that hasn't changed it. And of course, you know, hashtag blessed, we still have our main source of income or our consistent source of income right. um, coming in. And that's great. So we can pay our mortgage. Okay. So I'm not showing off. I know a lot of people are struggling. Um, but I drive the kid to school. I usually get home at like eight in the morning. And when I close the door, after I get in the house or he get, he's uh, in a carpool. When they come and pick him up at 7.30 and I walk back in the door, I notice that I have a thing where I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I'm all alone. I get yeah. to work, you know? And, and yeah, I don't have that right now. No, it's gone. Yeah, there's none of that. None of that at all. Now, the first one of these I recorded with Marty, the kid busted in like four times and <laughs> showing me cars or whatever he, whatever he does he's three so he doesn't care you know it's, it's harder i mean i think the older they get the easier it is yeah or if they have a sibling they can go yeah he has two older sisters um so there's that and they can sort of wrangle him for stretches but they also then get distracted with their own things and or they have to do their schoolwork stuff like that but you have a 
partner that's also helping out? Yeah, my wife and I, we have, we're still working too because we own a soap shop and people kind of need soap now. So um, we make soap it. Soap shop really took off. Yeah, no, actually it hasn't really because people just assume we're closed and we can't, we're trying not to go there as much because the children are home. So our production's gone down, but it hasn't gone away. And so it's, we're just shipping things online now and we don't have, nobody can come in and buy soap at the store, but right. it's something. But you actually have like a brick and mortar store? Yeah, we have a brick and mortar here in Maine and we're, we were online mostly and it's a built, she built it. It's not like I just sort of came in at the end and, you know, helped a little, but it's mostly her thing, but it's a full-time job for both of us. And so we mostly ship things online and then What's there's the a website? brick and mortar. It's longwinterfarm.com. Longestwinterevervarm.com? Long, no, just long winter farm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're having the longest winter ever. This is the short winter for us up here in Maine. It's been a crazy short winter other than the random blizzard in April, in the middle of April. But we, so we also do lip balm, and so we've had a couple of lip balms go long, viral. So long winter. Long winter farm. Farm.com. Okay. And so those lip balm sales are down because that's more of a luxury, but the soap sales are up. I did like a, um, I don't know what you call it. Uh, what's it called? When, <laughs> this is terrible. But like, um, you know, like it's just you and you have this like cute little shop. There's like a word for that, like an Etsy word for that. Okay, we'll call it a boutique. Yeah. But I did some boutique uh, soaps for my wedding. Okay, and I yeah. had them wrapped in a, wish I could, I think I have it. Keep talking. Okay, I'll keep talking. So what are we going to talk about today, Lucas? I don't know. It's we're really well organized, so it's great. So and then I wrapped them. I had this um, okay. logo made for our family. Sure. So I'm Shreeman. He's Moreno. Okay. And then it says it says Shreemore. Nice. And then love, family, gratitude. Like that's those are our values. Sure. And um, we only values. got married like three years ago, two and a half years ago. And um, but we the seven year old is ours, and the house is ours, and all that stuff. Um, and I wrapped the soaps with like this logo and, um, cool. it was a cool thing to give to people. For, yeah. People like, you that. know, yeah. the thing about soap as a gift, cause that's essentially what you're doing there as a gift is you can get people the same gift every year. It's a beautiful Christmas present because you get people the, the soap and then presumably they'll use it over the course of a year, <laughs> you hope, and then they'll be out. So you buy them more. Right. So, so is this then your it's, pitch? That's my pitch. That's why Christmas <laughs> yeah. is our busy season because buy it again. Just buy it again, and then you don't have you know that's what one really person works you don't think about. Too? Massages. <laughs> oh yeah, not now. Trips. Oh no, I know. I did. That was actually one of the last things I did because um, my birthday was March twelfth. As this okay. was all, you know, and both of my birthday presents got canceled. Um, so Tom was going to take me to, and we had these tickets for forever to. Um, the Mormon, what's it called? Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon, okay. Have you seen it? Uh, no. Yeah. Not. Yeah, we're pretty generally, you know, California heathens, irreverent sure. about yeah. religion kind of thing. I grew up yeah. Jewish. Happy Passover, by the way. I don't want to do this just be an Easter <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, so that got canceled. And then, um, and then he, he also got me, like, he started me on this, like, monthly membership to a yoga studio and I got to go to one class and then it was like <laughs> and then yeah you know <laughs> the doors were closed I was like yeah 
That yeah. Sucks. But yeah, so okay, soap every year. Long soap every year. It's I'm great. Not. It's a great present because it's easy and it makes your house smell good. You could do something different thematically every year. Yeah. You, you know, mean, like that's what, what I would do. I would do peppermint for everybody one year and you know, fur for everybody the next year. Yeah. There you go. It's perfect. You throw in some lip balms. We have some political lip balms, you know, so you send those to your cousin. To your enemies. Wears a stupid red hat. And then, you know, it's a nice passive aggressive thing to do. <laughs> passive aggressive soap. Yeah. Why not? From Long Winter Farm. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about, you talked about the fat, like your process, right? Or I guess coping with it. So what sort of fat are you finding that you don't need? So a lot. So the... <laughs> The first 25 days of this were like mm -hmm. my easiest 25 days. Okay. Um, Cause I was just like, no end in sight, you know, like I'm not even thinking about the end. Right. Okay. Because who knows when that's coming. And I think if you start thinking about the end, then you're just kind of going to be in negativity because yeah. you just keep getting disappointed. So that's how I am kind of, and, and really the, the first fo focus was, I'm doing too much in my life. And, and the way it kind of works for me is I just, it's almost like some kind of like weird little hero thing where I'll see an opportunity to lead and I'll be like, oh, I can do that. Let's just go do that. Oh, and yeah. So I have these like incredible projects that I've been working on. One of them I call my brush fire because it's moving incredibly fast. And, and that's the, um, true crime series. And then this best death ever is the feature. It's the reason I became a director. I started directing four years ago. Um, but it's called best death ever. I wrote it with a partner who actually went to FSU. We were talking about that before. Um, I think he went to FSU, Gregor Collins. I know he went to school in Florida. Yeah. Um, and, and that one's, you know, I've been working on that one for 11 years and and then I have this other one, the um, the animated TV, you know, series, and that one's really has a really interesting thing too. So I've got these three things that you know I could be doing something on each one of them every single day. But then I'm like, oh, I started a maker club at my kid's school, and I do this thing in Topanga called the Topanga Talking Stick, and we meet once a month, and it's like a council, and you know, I'm mm -hmm. trained in council. I'm a level three trained council facilitator. And, you know, so all of a sudden this, this thing happened and I'm like, I could go do something that is like meeting people's needs during this time. And that's what, how my, what my brain started doing. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah. let's get everything that's not what I'm calling the main road out of the way and just really hunker down and focus and actually kind of let this be a shift in how I approach my work in general, because these things, while I, you know, have budget time to do them, it, they're very distracting. And it's mm -hmm. not just these two things. It's like, I'm always looking for other little plates to spin. Yeah. So I've just been confront, confronting my process. And um, what I'm identifying now is that, you know, the life of a creator, director, writer, showrunner is, you're not doing there's there's not one thing you know creativity and that like sparking creative thing is like i don't know 20 30 20 percent of what this is and then there's all this other stuff 
Um, so now I'm kind of, you know, my next phase is to kind of look at, okay, well, here are the, here are the three things that I should be doing mm -hmm. and how am I going to engage with those on a daily basis? So that's, that's kind of what I mean about cutting out the fat, but then there's also like self-care and staying uh, creatively refreshed and stimulated. So for example, self-care is like, I planted a garden during this time and that for me was like, I need a little more control <laughs> over my food because, yeah. you know, there's no fresh, there's, there's no guarantee that there's fresh food, fresh produce when I'm and going we don't to know what's going to happen with the supply chains. Totally. So, and I'm already seeing breaks in the, you know, all of that right now. So, so that was like productive, um, but also, uh, help me feel a sense of accomplishment and, and creative stimulation and that kind of thing. So I also know that this main road includes these other things that like, if I'm in a writer's block moment where I'm like, mm -hmm. how do I get, cause this happened to me the other day. I'm like, I'm on chapter four now. I call them chapters because I may end up releasing Max Wrigley as a book, but okay. I do have some good interest in it as a television show. So it could end up getting sold that way first, but but so I'm doing them by chapters. I'm on chapter four right now. And I just hit this block and I was like, uh, like, and then I know self-care, keep myself moving forward. I like to actually draw. I'm not like some great artist, mm -hmm. but I, I like doing it. And it, it, you know, helps my brain stay in that creative space in moments when I need some support. So the main road includes also that kind of like, so this is what I'm identifying, I guess. Did you yeah. hear? Um, did I answer yeah, your question along the way? Totally. For me, it's, um, for me, it's running. Um, uh, that's the thing that clears my head. And luckily for me, because like, luckily for me is I live in a rural enough area where there's not a ton of traffic on the road, people running. And I just, nobody runs on my road for some reason. But although <laughs> we're starting to see a few more now, like there's, there goes someone right now just walking down the street. Anyway, that's weird timing. But so that helps me sort of get in a headspace. Like you get those first two miles where you're like, I'm too hungover for this or whatever. And then, you know, you get into miles four, five, seven, like you, I work out a lot of things creative and otherwise doing that. So that's been really helpful. That's really helpful for me. You're really doing a nice pitch for, for exercise. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm struggling right now just cause it's me and the kid and I, he's, you know, he doesn't, yeah. he actually has kind of resisted the learning how to ride a bike. So oh. Where, that's a good age for riding a bike I live in a hilly area too so i'm not sure there's going to be some kind of like and i should probably i've already told tom i'm like we really need to use this time to teach maverick how to use a bike so that like after you know or at some point along the, but then i can't just leave the house and go for right. a run but but that's a good point i'm glad that you're reminding me that like that kind of because that'll maybe get me on my bike when my husband gets home because i've been a little like Oh no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on to something here, you know? <laughs> well, the beauty I think of exercise in, especially with what we're dealing with now is that it will help your immune system, which is yeah. obviously like priority one for everything at this moment. Yeah. I mean, and I am, I'm walking, my son and I are walking about an hour a day. Oh, um, well, there you go. But it does it. And I'm like, honey, mama needs a hill. I'm sorry. We have to go up this hill. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So yesterday we had like a little moment where he stopped on the hill and sat down and I was like, 
I'm going like, and then in my head, I was like, don't turn around. Don't turn around. He's going to follow you. (laughs) One thing you said that sort of triggered something in my head was with the plate spinning. And one thing I kind of learned, because I have the same thing where I'm like, oh, I can do that. And then you get in this like volunteer situation where you have to deal with like 15 other people. And then you just spend a lot of time banging your head against the wall, trying to convince other people to like stop being an idiot or do this one thing, or like, why are you all picking fights about this nonsense? Just do it. And I've learned, like, and this is probably in the last two years, I've sort of learned the value of solo volunteering. So you get all the value of the volunteering, but you don't have to deal with anybody else. And you just do the thing. And like, I I kind of love that. The way I'm translating it, and maybe it's similar, is that like, I don't have to lead. Mm -hmm. I can just show up in an environment where somebody else is leading go in, do my thing and go out. And then bounce. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, I mean, I will obviously con- continue volunteering. Um, uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I have to <laughs> have to figure out a way to segue from complete accountability to, mm-hmm. you know. And, well, and I, the trick is if you can find something that no one else is going to do anyway. So then there's like, there's no, everybody's just happy with whatever you do. So like my brother's a basketball coach and I do stats for him and nobody else is going to do it. Like either I'm going to do his stats for him at games or nobody's going to do it. So I'm like, are you seeing your brother? No, you guys separated. We're separated. He's like two towns over. So we talk on zoom and stuff and like whatever, but basketball is over. So kids have cousins. Yeah. They have cousins and they've sort of seen them a little on zoom. Oh, but, but they're not. No. So we're just locking it all down because who knows where they're going and it's just, it's what you gotta do. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like even your family. It's so very weird. And they're like right there. So there's sort of cross paths and like, I'll drop stuff on my parents, like steps, things like that. But. So, so there's that. That's nice of you. Um, so there's that idea of cutting out the fat that's been I mean you're staying on the main road mm-hmm. and then there's this you know I'm, I'm definitely in a space right now where I'm kind of I'm seeing a lot of people doing like this spring cleaning thing you know like mm-hmm. deep spring cleaning <laughs> all so what else are you gonna do? um and I definitely I did like a nice little office purge thing Um, but I, I think I'm going to go a little deeper on that whole thing and just get my, try to get my systems worrying a little better. And, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely turned to meditation. Like I really, um, it's been a practice of mine for 20 years and now is a really good time. Um, and then also, I guess I'm trying to deal with this. I've also, another thing that's come up for me, and I think part of what people are going through is they're kind of facing their shadow or their dark side like yeah in the beginning like that first week or two i had the opportunity to kind of through different zooms you know, i'm part of a bunch of different women's organizations and um through different zooms i met some women in their 20s and they were they were really struggling in the beginning yeah. like they were really facing this like de- like a depression and i thought like at my age i've been through the ups and downs also in your 20s 
What? Also in your 20s. Oh, also late, in my Late 20s, yeah. No, but my point is like at my age, you know, well double that or ish. Um, I've I've been down and up and down and up and I've I've been able to and so I wonder if like this is just revealing to people some of their things that they, you know, have to confront or deal with for the first time and to learn to to manage it and just be like, okay, this is part of me. I get sad when I can't hang out with people, you know, and how do I deal with that? Because that may never go away. I may just be this person who, who know who needs, you know, this, whatever it is. And, um, so one of the things that I'm starting to see, uh, I lost myself on, on my details. Um, I forgot what it was. Sorry. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe. I mean, it's kind of like we're, that age you're just used to seeing people all the time and so that can be like drastic when you're not i mean we're generation x so we're really good at avoiding everybody that's kind of like our thing that's that's our generation's like wheelhouse is the leave me the fuck alone i think for a large chunk for a big chunk of it i don't know maybe it's just me and like people i know but it's like all right if we have to go we'll go into the thing and find the dog at the party and talk to that. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it's did, I had that. I had that for a long time, but I always felt like that was more of like an angsty thing that I didn't associate with being Gen X. Cause I, oh. I saw other people like <laughs> relating just fine. Oh. Maybe it's just, I just know all the angsty people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it can be drastic when you don't, when you don't have any real experience with that. And then you don't, you're not like, Oh, I'm going to go and like, go to a cabin in the woods for three days. This is like, no, no, for a month. You're just not leaving the house. That's it. Oh, this is going on way longer than a month. You know, I'm really yeah. proud of California. Definitely. Like, oh, we got something right. Like, you know, we are flattening our curve. And I feel like if, if we just like think, oh, you know, four weeks from now, I can jump on a plane and go visit my parents. Mm-hmm. Who I'd really love to see right now. I don't want to do it because I don't want to mess up the flattening. Yeah. And then also go watch some Spanish flu stuff. Do you know about the Spanish flu? I am familiar, yeah. Oh yeah, my wife's been telling me all about the Spanish flu and making me wear a mask and all sorts of nonsense. I mean, the Spanish flu came back a year later on its mm-hmm. like third round and that's when it started like leveling everyone, you know? Yeah. So that gets me really concerned that like, oh, this is just a taste, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you wonder if we'll be back here a year from now in the same spot. Perhaps. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to be fatalistic about it. I just want to be responsible about it. And I'm glad that we're being well advised, I guess, in, in our state. My hope is that the Spanish flu, like, of all the, like, humanity has a lot of problems, but science has gotten certainly better yeah. since 1918. And, you know, like it used to be if, I don't know how much you follow sports, but if you had a microfracture surgery, your career was over. That was it. You were done. You never played again. You tore your ACL. You were done. And now it's like, we know exactly how long an ACL takes to recover from. We know what a player's going to look like when that, you know, and it's, you know, they're like out maybe a year and then they're back to normal. So, I mean, if we've got, if we've got enough doctors and scientists working on this, that I'm thinking we should be able to handle it better than the Spanish flu. I have two ACL reconstructions, by the way. So yeah, so you're familiar. (laughs) 
<laughs> but mine were done too long ago to actually fit into your into your thesis because oh. the first one like got retorn. Um, and I walk around with like a weakened knee. But um, what? How? How can I be most beneficial to your to your listeners? All right. Here? So let's let's talk about crowdfunding because that's kind of where we're starting. I'm okay. starting on this thing and sort of going from there because I think a lot of people are going to come out of this with projects that they can't sell because they're going to have a project and everybody else will have a project and there'll be no money because the studios don't won't know what the hell they're doing and you know. So you did. Okay, so the thing that oh, I know is it you selling? is it selling that you want to talk about is like how do you sell post apocalypse or is it I mean, we'll you're go. saying money to Let's oh go. I see what you're saying selling like a script so why don't you make it yourself and how do you fund it yourself yeah so we'll we'll do some of that um, okay. so you did it's a good day to die first of all you did okay so IMDb says you were the director of fundraising on Fuel yeah which I remember from Sundance I didn't see that at Sundance I'm pretty sure I saw it after Sundance yeah that was, so that's basically an EP position right so but that was pre-kickstarter right yes um no it was 08 uh, 2008 yeah so kickstarter we started in 09 yeah um but we used a very kind of grassroots way so so that's a documentary mm -hmm. and I feel like documentaries are very easy to raise money for once you have something in the can and a lot of documentaries get started by people just going out there and starting to shoot something they're super curious or passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. So once you have something together, and I got it when it was, I like to say about 85% complete. So I felt right. like my job was like super easy. <laughs> um, and what we did was we identified 10 cities where the people who had worked on the project already had uh, a lot of friends, family, infrastructure. They went to university there. Um, things that you would probably think about in distribution as well. Mm -hmm. And in these 10 cities, we held screening events and you had like a minimum of a hundred people in attendance. So it was somewhere usually between like, I guess, 85 and 200 people who were watching it. And then every chair had an envelope underneath it. And, you know, we asked people to bring their checkbooks mm -hmm. and then they, you get, they got a pitch from the, um, from the director at the end and producer at the end of that and then we raised a lot of money that way really i like the envelope idea that's yeah. like a nice touch because it's a sort of a twist on the thing where you win a prize <laughs> right but then also right like a, a yeah total twist <laughs> like <Yeah>. a one <laughs> like we're not giving you anything you're giving us something yeah um, did you although, did you put a prize in like one of them and you're like one of you is gonna get a prize and the rest the of you prizes, get some money. The environment gets healed and we all help do it together. Yeah. But yeah, but then also, you know, Josh had a huge, he even had a huge following then. So mm -hmm. this was his first feature, but he had been driving around the country for, you know, 10 years at that point, like, you know, talking to people about fuel, you know, like uh, getting off of fossil fuels and using green right. fuels and all that stuff. So he had a good, a good steady base by then too and it and it was a, it's, it was a call it was a cause mm -hmm. you know like all like most um that was around there. an inconvenient truth right I, when was an inconvenient truth um i don't know you could look that up i i, I want to say the inconvenient truth came after fuel that sounds right yeah um 
And then it won the audience award for best documentary at Sundance. So you were there that year? No, I wasn't there that year, but um, I don't think so. I've been to two Sundances and I can never remember which ones. Okay, I can so just remember the movies that were there. That was the way we raised money for that. And then the three crowdfunding campaigns. You did It's a Good Day to Die with Gregor Collins. Right. And that I is. I think I same. backed. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, that's like, backed. I, Lucas. <laughs> I remember that one. I don't know if I backed it. I remember sharing it. Definitely. So that is best death ever. Okay. That was going to be my question is either, do you just have a weird fixation with death or is it the same project? <laughs> well, doesn't everybody have a weird fixation? I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mine is about like, I don't know. So far mine has been about like the death industry. Mm -hmm. and you know how are we dying as a society and um and really taking a look at that and people like getting more empowered around dying at home or you know dying on their own terms or um and you know my writing partner on that one he was the he wrote a book about his experience called the accidental caregiver which he tours um mm -hmm. for around the world and talks to people about his experience being a caregiver to a very famous Holocaust refugee named Maria Altman. And he was with her for the last three years of her life. And, um, and then they made a movie about her called, the, I think it's called The Woman in Gold. Um, Helen Mirren played her in the movie. Um, so, so, you know, he was coming from this really specific caregiver point of view. And I was coming from this point of view of, you know, how are you empowered at the end of life? My mom had had her first stroke and I was like looking at uh, losing the matriarch and, you know, that whole thing. So. So that's what kind of thrust me into that question. But let's talk about the fundraising thing for a second. So we okay. did successfully raise $15,000 as a development fund for that movie. Okay. Um, and then the second one I did was for Candle, which is a music video that was about um, healing from domestic violence. And we got okay. like, I don't know, 75% of what we wanted to raise, but we were able to keep it because we did it on Indiegogo. Right. And then... And then I recently did the one for Side Effect and we got, we did that on Seed and Spark and we wanted mm -hmm. to raise, I think we said like, we got our 80%, our which allowed us to, light. and that was like around 52, 5300 or something like that. Um, and those were all three done on different platforms mm -hmm. and they were, you know, three different amounts and, you know, three different teams. And plus the fuel one, which was, that's effectively crowdfunding. Yeah, but that's just not on a platform. Crowdfunding. And, and even before there were platforms, the way that I would raise money for my projects is I would, I would align myself with a nonprofit that has a similar mission mm -hmm. as my mission. And so with Best Death Ever, you know, that would be something like Compassion and Choices or even the um, uh, ICCFA, which it runs, it's like a, an organization for crematory cemeteries and funeral homes. Um, you know, they have a similar mission, which is to, for people to just really look at what their choices are at the end of life. Right. Um, and, and I did that way before there were ever these crowdfunding platforms. And I had no problem like calling someone up like that and saying, Hey, you know, this is the mission of this project that I want to do, whether it's theater, film, um, a short, you know, something we want to re release on the internet, a commercial, a PSA, whatever it is. I even did it with, um, with Sierra Club. I, I partnered with Sierra Club and said I wanted to um, do a series of uh, commercials, PSAs, about the climate. And they were like, sounds great, you know? Yeah, um, why not? Yeah, and, and if you do that, then many 
organizations will say, great, we have some money in our marketing budget, or you can go ahead and raise money and filter it through our nonprofit, yeah. but then we just need an administrative fee. And that right. administrative fee for me has always been somewhere usually around five or 6%. Mm -hmm. Which isn't bad because people love the 501c3. That's worth way more than five or 6% to right. you and to the people you're getting money from. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I would say like the, and I even wrote an article with Gregor called the, I think it was like the seven crowdfunding secrets or something, but, um, was that on film courage? Yeah. I think I remember that. But I went and looked for that recently and I, didn't, I couldn't find it. I think their archives are gone because I wrote for them for a long time and I don't think any of it's there anymore because they transitioned to complete, completely to video. Okay, got it. Thank you. It makes it actually it makes me feel better knowing it wasn't just me. No. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, one of the greatest, look, I used something interesting. We used a a manager, like a campaign manager on the candle one. Mm -hmm. And that was great. He's like a coach and, you know, his name's Mike yeah. Doherty. I don't know if you know him. Um, Maybe. And he, he's, he works with Indiegogo mostly, I think. Um, okay. You know, what's great about using a manager is you want to find a manager who actually has a line of communication to the folks who are running the platform because that just helps you. It helps. It speeds things along. Of, you know, getting on the, you know, being featured or just getting good feedback, um, getting support. And, um, and I really liked Mike and he's, a, you know, he's a coach, but then on the last one that I did, I, and, and he also, by the way, helped with a lot of the, um, the look of it and having a, a unified brand for the campaign and all that stuff. That was great. But then yeah. on the one we did with Marty, I think I got the best piece of advice, uh, from Marty when we were working on that one, Marty Lang, he wrote Side Effect. And mm -hmm. so he was a natural member of our team and he has so much crowdfunding experience. Oh yeah. One day I was just like, we were all just like at the, kind of at the end, all of us typing and he's in Arkansas. I'm in, at that time I was on the East Coast visiting my family. Um, so I was in Virginia and then our, my co-director, uh, the star of it, co-producer star of it, Rennie Grames was in Utah. So we're all in these three different places and we're all just like, you know, just like, and I just, we were hitting like a little wall. Mm -hmm. And I guess we wanted to, I, I felt like I could break through to this one community, whether it was like my friends from high school or whatever. Marty just said, best piece of advice, just keep typing. And I thought that was genius. Yeah. It's just like, you know, no, nothing magical was going to like come down and solve this problem of trying to get to the next milestone or trying to get to our 80%. I just needed to keep sending notes to people mm -hmm. because maybe I sent a hundred, but it's the hundred and first one. That's yeah. Break through. yeah. You never know where it's going to come from. And I think a lot of people go into fundraising thinking that if they just set up a platform or they just set up a campaign that like the money will blood in i really do i think a lot yeah. of people because you see these campaigns that like you know they they set up the website and then wait for the money mm -hmm. and then and, the money doesn't show up. i've seen that work once on a thing i worked on. yeah it but it was not i mean it wasn't so much that it was just it sold itself and so i worked on this campaign for these sunglasses 
that was on Kickstarter and the goal was $5,000 and they were like something, there was some military gimmick and it raised like 300 something or maybe it was 400. It was, it was like 300 something thousand dollars um, on a $5,000 thing, but it was just the, the sunglasses looked cool and there was a Navy SEAL gimmick or whatever it was. And so you looked at that and you're like, oh yeah, sure. I'll take that. But you weren't like funding like at a creative project or anything like that. Right, like you were going to get these done. sunglasses. You yeah, you were going to get these sunglasses, and they were going to be cheaper than if you bought them in the store in a year. Yeah. And I that's mean, really the only way it works, I think. And that's quite impossible unless you're Kevin... Kevin? Kevin Smith? Yes. Okay. Yeah, for like... Yeah, unless you're a, like a really established filmmaker. You know, right. if Richard Linkletter goes on Kickstarter, I'm like, yeah, just take my money. Just, just you know, how much well, money do you want? Didn't Kevin Smith like fund Red State? Yeah. Through crowdfunding? Yeah. And people so that's why I'm using money. that example. But yeah, Richard Linkletter. Come on, <laughs> crowdfunding. Like, like, I'm going to do the just, fourth before movie, but I need your help. But I'm like, All right, I'm in. Yeah. That's a product, right? I'm sold. Yeah, so... So yeah, when people are giving you fifteen, a hundred, a thousand dollars for your movie, you know, they're some of them are buying a credit. Mm-hmm. You know, like we did have someone come in at the thousand dollar mark on this on side effect, and they bought the EP credit, and that's awesome. It's good for them because it's a product. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're getting. They're getting yeah. an EP credit. Yeah. Um, and you know they also knew me. So it wasn't like a random person. They're there to support me. Um, or, you know, whoever else, but I will say this about the crowdfunding. Okay. Don't do it alone. No, never do it alone. Yeah. You should never do that alone. You should have more people than you think you need. And I think three, at least three in the main hub Mm -hmm. is really helpful, really valuable you know, bouncing things off of each other. And I don't know, have you ever done it with like more than three at the, at the helm? I'm trying to think. I don't, I think three is probably, probably the limit, but I've always done ones where there's, but most of them where it's like, it's one or two or three people at the helm, but then I know that there's a network of like 25 people who are going to pay attention to it, you know? And well, I know that like, I don't have to, go like do you know paul osborne no okay well paul osborne's one um or you know the sort of it's really when you did a great day to die with gregor there was in oh in 11 in 2011 there was this nice network of film twitter um with film courage and marcella and people like that yeah. and you just yeah. gregory bain and you just all knew you're like okay whatever whoever has the campaign going now we're all going to give them 10 bucks and we're all gonna sort of promote them and it was this really nice infrastructure that was in place. And I think that's, you need that, obviously. I think that certainly helps. But yeah, you need two or three people sort of at the helm and really pushing. And you need, and then you need sort of a little network that you can sort of, it's, I think of it as like throwing rocks in the water. You need like a lot of little rocks going all over the place and get the, the circles. And then you cover yeah, the whole lake. Then- you know, virility or, you know, what it means to go viral, which we should all have a fine lesson in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is really... Not always great. <laughs> well, it's really about, and I think that's what probably happened with those sunglasses, mm-hmm. is if you can find or have one or two people in your circle that 
are an influencer or have like can really amplify that's that's the it's really never about you it's about right. your network and what they can do right you know so i mean and then of course all you can control is yourself so you have to you have to be willing to just be there and you know like you have to do the work pushing away and doing the work and not stop like just right. keep pushing so it's a great lesson in what this whole business is anyway Mm -hmm. And I was applying to a lot of university to, to on the for a faculty position on a couple of universities this year, and a lot of that actually got shut down. It's really interesting because I had like again, I had like an interview. If they had hired you, they you know you that now that <laughs> they haven't hired me yet. But right. I went and and every time I was on there, I would pitch. I would be like, you know, I can teach a crowdfunding class, and I could talk about Marty and how he's doing it now. Mm -hmm. at, University of Central Arkansas. Um, but it's like, it's so bad. The funny thing is like, I made this is not funny. There's not a day in my entire career when I haven't been raising money. Not yeah, that, a day. That sounds since, about right. Cause you've always, there's I, always another project. There's yeah. And, and since you never I have started, too much money. Since I, since I was like living in New York doing theater, mm -hmm. you know, we were raising money to put on our shows and there's a, yeah, it's it just, and so it is like an incredibly valuable skill. And if you're not teaching people how to do that, where they have to like relearn the curve over and over and over again, it's like having babies. Like we yeah. forgot how to have babies. Like, you know, okay, I'm just going to turn my body over to you and hope that this all works out. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's the same. You're going to have to raise money. Yeah. So this is a lesson in raising money. And the fortitude is like, translatable into everything that you do okay so here's i'll flip that on you a little bit because we haven't forgotten how to make babies or have babies but there's been changes so what since you've been doing this for a long time what has changed like what do you think that you did that you would have done in like 2008 or in 2011 that you wouldn't do now because it wouldn't work anymore or that you would is maybe it wouldn't work anymore is the wrong way to put it is clearly not the best way to do it anymore if that makes sense um i think i'm going to broaden that out a little bit sure and beyond the, the fundraising and just sure. like the things that have evolved for me as a you know content creator in the last like 20 25 years um i mean definitely there's like a I like to pace myself now. Like I don't, I don't over communicate. Mm -hmm. um, although I do, I do try to remind people of my existence um, on a fairly <laughs> regular basis or the fact that like, Hey, I haven't seen that, you know, new draft yet of our, mm -hmm. our uh, agreement or, you know, like I like to say, but, but I, I feel like, you know, a lot of these people, you're going to the same people for money every time. Mm -hmm. So they want to know that their money has made a difference for you and that you've actually progressed and that, you know, something has happened. I think the, so, so I would say I used to communicate with people a lot more and have like a regular, you know, monthly, whatever. Now I'm like, I think as long as I'm just letting people know you donated to this and, and here's, here's what we've done so far. Mm -hmm. um, there's that. 
And there's just keeping in mind that you don't want to go to the same people every six months or year or whatever. I try to space it out. Right. Um, the ask. Um, you know, the, I, I think what's happened to me over the last 25 years is I've just learned how to become right-sized. That, that's what I like to say. To, okay. that I'm, the way in which I engage with people is, is more right-sized. It's like, I'm much more clear about like, what is the one thing that I'm asking from this person at this time? And then I don't go back to them for that thing I'm asking everybody for. So I have like these different kind of groups of people and I know like, and I'd be, I'm super careful about like in an email, just like staying super focused. Okay. So there's a lot less splattering <laughs> and a lot more like hyper-focus. And I'm tempted. I got to tell you, I'm tempted because I have sure. these three projects, right? So right now I need someone who's in, I really need to talk to somebody in licensing at the Washington mm -hmm. Post. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to my very like, very high up, like hedge fund manager type people yeah. and saying, do you know anybody at the Washington Post? I need your help. I have a friend who's an agent very high up at WME. I've, I'm, I'm screwed with him because for, with him, I'm like, every month I'm like, hey, I need to talk to Rob Lowe. And then the next month I'm like, do you know somebody at the Washington Post? And then the next month I'm like, <laughs> something about the animated feature. And he's like, I, I'm, I've confused him completely. Yeah. Right. But I think this idea of like- Maybe Rob Lowe knows someone at the Washington Post. Because then- no, no, he's very good friends with Rob Lowe. You can narrow it down. But if Rob no. Lowe just hits you at once. It's not crazy. <laughs> no, it seems reasonable to me. But I think, I think it's, I think that's like getting right-sized and mm -hmm. not like, you know, vomiting all over people. <laughs> it's just like, I need this one thing from you. Can you help me out? And then leaving them alone for six think, months. Do you think part of it is that people get hit with more than they did 25 years ago? Like if we just, like, if you just think about your email account, like you used to get like an email a day and you were like, oh my gosh, someone emailed me. It's a miracle. And now you get like, you're getting, you're getting 50 emails a day of just these people telling you how they're handling the coronavirus and like, or how their privacy things have changed. And stuff. I think it depends. I think it depends on who, where people are because like some of the people who are the most high up, they answer all their emails. Hmm. So that's the best way to get through to them. Right. They literally answer every single. So that, that, that guy that I know that my friend at WME, mm -hmm. you know, this, another agent friend that, you know, is more of an acquaintance that like every single email I sent her, she responds to. So I think respond to all these emails. they are in the business mm -hmm. and how they manage their inbox. Hmm. Um, and people have gotten better about how they manage their inbox, I think. But but I'm on your side where I ignore a lot of stuff. And maybe yeah. it's I'm a Gen Xer. But I, maybe, ignore, but I ignore a lot. But I think it's more that I'm, I don't have a team here. Maybe that's why we're not at the top of like the business. <laughs> if we reply to all of our emails. Our email we be. Yeah. Because we're not properly managing our email. That might you be it. What? I'm going to hang up right now and go fucking manage my email. <laughs> If that's what it takes to get to the top. Yeah. Yeah. I like to joke. I got my emails. <laughs> Say to I'm not at the top. F you. <laughs>
I got very excited when my email hit a thousand. I was like, inbox zero, I did it. Oh, dude, I'm at no. I mean, a thousand is zero. Yeah, relatively. Right now, forget about it. I mean, I've gotten way past ten thousand, and right now I'm at seven. That seems about right. Yeah. So I've got some work to do. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know what mine is anymore. It's just that was just the notification thing on my phone. It was just it just said a thousand. I was like, wow. (laughs) Winner, winner. Because that's not all of them. That's not, you know, the 82 emails from Netflix that I got this month. Right. No, I was doing some, I mean, that's part of the cleansing, the spring cleaning. What's that? Um, it's like a little screen. Dad's not looking at it. I know. Dad, I had a rough night last night. Oh. Uh, wow. But it's not COVID. That's good. Um, that's, that's the important it was, thing. It was the scallops. <laughs> Um, I think we need to leave that alone, but if you want to, Lily, let's see. Hi, everyone. We're just having a kid moment. This happened. This has happened in every episode of this project so far. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Minecraft? What do you do? Madden? Okay, yes to Madden. Yeah, yes to Madden. All right. What team is he playing as in Madden? Cowboys? What? Chargers. 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 Oh. Cowboys in practice. Okay. Good. I'm just super impressed. Like, I've been trying to keep him off of that because it's mm-hmm. obsessive. But yeah. then I watched him do it, and there's so many different levels of things that he's learning. He was like selling a player, you know, the other day. Oh, and, the like, franchise mode. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just, there's a lot to it's that. It's actually really interesting for you to like figure out, although the whole idea of auctioning players feels really like racist a little yeah I mean that's how I like I taught myself excel in order to do fantasy baseball but this was in you know like the 90s on Windows 95 or whatever and that's been probably the most valuable skill I've learned from my childhood is how to use excel so it's a good skill. Yeah, you never know. You never know where these things have. You obviously learned to read too. You've got a lot of great books back there. I did learn to read. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. That's also a good skill. Um, yeah. I want to try to provide something that okay. is really going to be helpful to your listeners. I mean, this has been a very enjoyable conversation for me. Um, yeah. But I and I definitely. I mean, I hope that I have something to offer. And this is the great thing about, you know, getting a little older is that like before I was sure I had something to offer. And now I'm pretty sure like, I probably don't. <laughs> I, like I might. Um, so I don't know, maybe a, another something that will help. Yeah. Stimulate. Well, you were talking about selling scripts, right? You mm-hmm. mentioned that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I don't know anything about selling scripts because I'm when I was actively making films, I was the type of filmmaker where I'm like, I'm just going to write it and then I'm going to shoot it. And then we'll worry about the rest of it later. So, but like, so what do you think is going to happen to selling scripts? Because I mean, what is the market? I mean, the market was already weird for like original ideas. I think the, the best thing that I can offer around this is about relationship. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, this is always where, it's always, it's the root of all success in business. Yeah. Most success in business. Um, I mean, even some, even a lot of these like self-made people, you know, they're, they're back. 
they're backed yeah. at a certain point or they have like you know because of their relationships they have that perfect cto or the perfect you know designer in their company like elon musk has um and what i noticed in terms of um what's happening the, the positive movement and me being able to pitch right now and you know me being staying in a very healthy positive place even during this you know all my projects are moving forward and what i noticed is there's a level of comfort once you come together with someone and you know three people in common mm -hmm. it's like this this dividing this like defining line and i recently was introduced to a production company that we're settling right now on a on a deal for the true crime series and they're a great company they're still a little young and hungry but the the guy uh, who's running it has been was a network guy and been around for a while and i walked in and we knew three people in common and they were from totally different parts of my life all very well established all like even one of those people could have gotten me in the door mm -hmm. anywhere you know but because we knew these three people it was just like a total shorthand it's like i trust you you trust me okay what's going on we were just yeah. like super clear there, there were there's not a lot of like hierarchy in the conversation um and that also bodes well because this is a company that's very talent focused that wants to you know really support the vision of the creator and work with the creator. And so if that wasn't the case, but so my point is it's, it's always been relationships and it's still going to be relationships. So I may or may not be able to make a prediction about, you know, selling your thing later. I mean, at this point, I would say if you're a writer and you're not on Twitter, if you're a showrunner and you're not on Twitter, you're kind of missing a lot of really good, um, kind of, uh, market opportunity unique market opportunities to kind mm -hmm. of cut through a lot of the sure bs um or a lot of the confusion um i will say that the the to add to that you know we looked at this last year we looked at a question we've been looking at a question of how integral are the agencies and right now right and and you know the fact that you know, we're about to, we were about to strike there. It was about to be a writer's strike. Um, and now when I talk to people on the phone, the, it, the, the, the agencies are, are hit very hard right now, hmm. very hard, but the people who already had deals in place that are already connected and working on things, they're still working. Right. Cause they're, they're still, yeah. And animation is like insanely ramped up right now sure because you can actually make something animated right now without being in the same room with anybody um so but the reason the thing that will help the agencies be relevant in any way shape or form uh, one of the things is the relationships right they are they're still like deeply connected to both sides of the playing field so they will find that relevance however that gets broken up or whoever gets you know has to get laid off or whatever the, the relationships will remain and so those so and this is a an amazing time to be relationship building sure so get yourself on a zoom cocktail you know 
I made a commitment at the beginning of this year that I was going to kind of, because I've been working with women in media almost exclusively as the women's organization mm-hmm. um, that I've been supporting and also, you know, tapping into their events and their, um, their networking and all that stuff. I used to think of networking as a dirty word. And when I made a, a New Year's resolution at the beginning of this year was to go to a hundred parties. Oh, that's not going to work. I didn't, I thought it was going to be crushed, but I'm still able through Zoom to meet the criteria. I was so counting the Zoom party. Sure. For you, since you're such a wallflower, mm-hmm. is, or that's a nice way of saying what you are, but <laughs> um, since you hate people. No, I'm yeah, just I don't like people and people don't like me. So it's, you know, it works, it works well. <laughs> yeah, you're still a flower. I was um, once described as, as an unsuccessful Larry David. Oh, God. <laughs> That is cruelty. Poke that person's eyes out. Well, yesterday my son called me poop. So what do you want? Hey, there you go. Um, <laughs> he called me smelly jelly and poop. And he thought it was cute. And I was laughing, so I'm encouraging him. So um, <laughs> yeah. Um, we were trying to we were trying to come up with a rap yesterday that rhymes with COVID-19. And we came up with completely obscene and part of the machine but that's as far as we got yeah um and then smelly jelly came out and poop yeah. it was all in the it was that's all not, in the good, good spirit of writing a rap that sounds like a conspiracy theory rap if you're t- saying it's obscene and there's part of the machine you're like this is a thing it's a trick i feel like that's where you were going with that thematically well my guess is that all things lead to conspiracy theories with you then because no <laughs> Uh, no, not at all. Um, but maybe I am trying to help Maverick recognize conspiracies. Yeah. Um, so, so I, you know, so the hundred parties, I mean, this is now going off, spinning off into another anecdote, but sure. at the beginning of the year, so I love Sundance and who knows if we'll be able to do it next year. I mean, everybody comes home with a virus from Sundance before COVID. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely a great place to go. Film festivals are great places, especially in the winter, to go pick up, you know, cold. Whatever. Yeah. So um, hopefully a deal. <laughs> hopefully a distribution deal. Go pick up a distribution deal. That's the best virus. Um, so I called it party banking. January, I think I'd already been to 20 parties in January. And I, oh, wow. you know, 13 of them were at the seven days I was at Sunset. And, but then my criteria are, there have to be three or more adults. Mm-hmm. I have to be either eating or drinking. I have to, it has to be either inspiring conversation or music. And here's the kicker. I have to have no agenda. Mm. So and you're just there to hang out. Just there to hang out. And you know, things develop. And, and that's actually, that was a big breakthrough for me. And that was really what I'm trying to push myself was like, I always kind of in the back of my mind when I walk into a space have been like, well, so-and-so is going to be there and he would be great for X, Y, Z. And it's mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to just tear that down because it's just, it's just terrible. Yeah. You know, like going into any environment, even if it's a kid's birthday party, like hoping that I can meet someone. To, it's just, ugh, it's gross. So I just wanted to have no agenda. So this is kind of, and with all these Zooms, as long as I have a drink in my hand and I have no agenda, it's like, they count. Yeah, there you go. So the beauty of the... The beauty of the Zoom ones is, one, you don't have to drive home. Two, if you get too drunk and you would end up in a normal party doing something embarrassing, 
you just you just exit stage left and and no one knows you just close the computer and irish goodbye and you're you're all set that's right there's no walk of shame there's no walk of shame there's no i'm really sorry dude that i puked in your car there's none of that so it's it's pretty helpful and the the drinks are probably cheaper yes if you are at like a bar or something oh they're definitely yes no i want bottle service in my house maverick <laughs> fun. um yeah so i feel like this is an, an incredible time to be doing those so film launch is doing every wednesday they do a 5 p.m pacific time okay. one hour like social kind of cocktail thing um just go to filmlaunch.com and check out their free events and then i'm gonna write that down so yeah and and then I'm in, I'm part of Glass Elevate. So I'm always looking for what, you know, what are they doing? And if you go to women in media and men are welcome to, you know, that go to their site and just, you have to really watch to see when they're posting their kind of Zoom apocalypse. What did they call it? Corona apocalypse or something? Cocktails. Mm -hmm. um, nice. And, you know, they're not the only ones, but I, I just, I think that's one of the best things that anybody can be doing right now. I and I even did one where I just called together my old high school friends that I hadn't, some yeah. of them I hadn't seen in like 10 or 20 years. I feel like the, in a way we're almost going to be better at coordinating because like normally we're like, oh, we'll all go to this place and we'll hang out and like half the people would show up and whatever. And then with this, you're like, I'm not doing anything. So, all right, I'll get on the Zoom for a half hour. And I kind of wonder if we'll end up doing being more productive in those regards, even if it's not like work things, if it's just hanging out and like seeing your, your old classmate, cause you would never do that in like the real world where you're going to things and your schedule is full. No, I mean, I'm definitely finding that I feel like when I'm looking out at my neighborhood right now, mm -hmm. I'm seeing something similar to when I grew up mm. because people are home. I mean, this is LA, dude. Like, yeah. nobody's home in LA. People are on the road between, you know, two and three hours a day to get to and from wherever the heck they have to go. I remember driving that, yeah. Yeah, so it it's like you're seeing people, you're seeing people on the street walking their dogs, you know, people are just sitting on their porches and... People are actually spending time teaching their kids. I'm, I'm seeing people teach their kids how to skateboard and ride their bikes and, you know, families being together in just ways that I haven't seen. And we were just going way too fast, just yeah. way too fast. And yeah, so this is, I mean, I apologize to the people who are super suffering mm -hmm. for saying this, but I hope this goes on longer. Hmm. I really do because people need to get broken. And I'm not talking about you and me mostly. I'm talking about corporations. I was already broken. So yeah, there's no hope for you. There was no. never any hope for you. No. But the people like corporations need to, they need to see how broken they are mm -hmm. and how much of a, a, a demand, just unrealistic demand they're placing on their workers. And I think, for, for companies and organizations to see like, you know what? This is working with these people working from home. Why am I forcing my, these people to drive in and you know, paying the overhead of all the building costs mm 
-hmm. when we can be productive with people being able to hang out with their dogs and have yeah. dinner with their families and and to see that you know we need a living wage in our country and to just and for for organizations to start to look at so like when we went to the vet mm -hmm. we checked in outside the vet came out to the car got the dog took the, took them inside and we did a nice little video chat huh. it was super effective yeah you know? and and also I don't know. It's just, I feel like people are potentially, like you just said, discovering new, more effective ways of doing things. And if, if, if this, if this gets solved tomorrow, nobody's going to be like, okay, whoo, we learned something new. Right. They're just right. going to go back to the old way. Right. There'll be a so, little bit, but not really. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to be able to like, if we can learn some things about this, but like still have trivia night at the bar, that would be good. You know, like, like a little bit of it. But yeah, I think we're learning a lot about ourselves and we're learning a lot about what is and is not important about like our society and our economy, especially. And you kind of wonder what's going to happen to all these large office spaces. Oh my God. Well, I mean, it was already an issue. <laughs> it was already an issue with the government. I remember I went to, what did I do? I went to visit uh, some government office and they had, they must've had like a 20,000 square foot. They hadn't even like shifted since automation. So they had like three people and then this like computer station for like 10, 10 people where you could go, you know, mm -hmm. do the business you needed to do on a computer. Mm -hmm. And they had that one person walk all the way across this 20,000 square foot, you know, thing to come to you at this one out of 10 terminals to help you with this thing. And really? I was like, you guys haven't figured this out yet, huh? Like I'm, I'm paying for this big building right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you're right. Yeah. Just like if efficiency, learning some new efficiencies. And I mean, even what I'm finding is we're spending less right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, I'm not getting my hair did. I'm not, you know, doing my one luxury of getting my nails done every two weeks. Mm -hmm. which is you know only forty dollars but and we're not doing childcare, right so we're definitely saving a lot of money in those areas and and then it really forces me to look at like do i need that um where am i should i have my son home two days a week or whatever mm -hmm. or more time because it's like he's obviously thriving with it right um you know, our family is spending more time together in a, in a nice way. <laughs> so far. Meaning like we're not killing each other. So yeah, right. well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, think mean I, just, I think, I think I got some good nuggets out there. With yeah. the, I think what you said was like, where we don't have an end date. Cause if we had an end date, we're all like, all right, we're just going to put up with this for a month and then whatever. But now we're all, you sort of settle into it and you're like, okay. It's like driving somewhere when you're like, you have to drive a half hour just to a place you're like okay are we there yet but then if you're like no no, no we're driving a thousand miles then you just sort of settle in you know you're like okay we're gonna be in the car for a while so i'm gonna not hit my sister right away <laughs> you know i'm gonna bring a pillow i'm gonna just be more prepared for this and for this to take a long time whereas being angsty about like oh i'm gonna be there yet holy shit holy shit holy shit 
hopefully we learn. I mean, we won't, but hopefully we learn something about that, about ourselves or about what we need to do. Can I, can I support you in any way? What are you, um, what are you making and what do you need? I mean, I, right now, I'm not really actively doing anything creatively. And that was sort of my wife's suggestion was because I used to be a crowdfunding consultant. She's like, you might want to get back into this because it might, when this gets, when this is over, it might bloom. And I was like, all right, well that's, but I'm out of practice. So I was like, well, you know what, let's, let's do something like this. And then I'll just talk to people. And then even if it goes nowhere, then there'll be stuff that I can learn. Cause I know a lot of people. So there'll be stuff that I can learn and other people will learn things and then it'll be interesting and it's something I can do from the house to keep from going crazy. So it's mostly just getting the word out on this and I don't know. And then hopefully maybe I'll have some time because my schedule's a, a little uh, more free than it used to be. I might be able to get some old projects off the ground. I don't know. I'm just sort of figuring it out. Sort of the idea behind this is I have no idea how this is going to go. I have no idea what the economy is going to do, what the creative economies are going to do. Not a fucking clue. So let's figure it out. We got time. Let's see what we can figure out. So that's just kind of my thinking with this is to sort of just play it how it goes. If that makes sense. Okay. Got it. So, well, I think you'll be able to edit this down to like a nice 20 minute conversation later. No, I'll leave, I'll leave almost all of it in. <laughs> it'll be fun that way no there's a lot of good stuff in there yeah no it's been nice hanging out with you for sure all right so let's i'll wrap this up so is there anything extra you want to say any parting words to those 25 year old women <laughs> in your in your that you've been talking to i mean this too shall pass right like um yeah. make friends with this these feelings, you know, and, and try to find productive ways to move through them. And, and also it's totally okay to, you know, honor this, you know, I'm struggling too. So like not every day is going to be my most, Oh, this is what I was going to say about the, um, about that. Oh, you found it was one of the things that I'm confronting is I noticed in the last couple, in this last week, that I have a very harsh inner critic that on a daily basis will let myself know if I've had a good day or a bad day. And it's like about like, do I feel like I accomplished enough today? Sure. And if I did, okay, take a deep breath. You can have a, we'll let you go. Go have a nice night. Yeah. And then if I don't, there's like nothing inside me that can, the only thing that will make me feel better is to do more work. And right now, sometimes it's hard to force myself to do more work because I am confronted with the discomfort of what it is to adjust to this lifestyle and to be responsible for my kid 24 seven with no break, no school, no anything. It's like me and him, you know, mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go. Um, so so I've been really cr- trying to look at that and trying to find ways to to let myself off the hook or to just kind of shift my thinking around, sure. can I just be okay with every day? Just be okay with this day and this feeling and this weirdness. Um, Do you find it helps to be able to say to yourself, it's a fucking pandemic. You, you know, you can let yourself off the hook 
a little bit because it's a fucking global pandemic and it's you know, not your fault. I haven't done that yet. And I think part of, you know, I live in SoCal. I live in, we deal with fires. Mm-hmm. We, we dealt with a, um, we dealt with a, a school bombing threat this year. Mm-hmm. My, my, uh, uh, active shooter threat in my sure. school this year. Um, and now we're in a pandemic. It's like, you know, we have earthquakes, we have floods, you know, it, it's like, it's, there's things, this is it. This is life. This is it. It's, I'm being thrown new, wonderful challenges all the time. <laughs> you know, my goal at this point is to raise my child. Like he's having a wonderful idyllic childhood, but every once in a while I'm like, Maverick, do you think life is great all the time? He's like, no. I'm like, damn straight. <laughs> you know, like whoever, like I had this wonderful idyllic childhood too. And it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, this is it. And life is full of these rough and tumble up and down, you know, things that I, I would love to be the person who goes to work and gets it done when I feel like shit, but I'm not. <laughs> Sometimes I need to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I need to take a bath. And I'm just, that's what I'm just trying to like be okay with. Yeah. Cause we're all just trying to get through it. Even when we're not in a pandemic. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what we're all just trying to do is get through the day ultimately. Yeah. So I would love to find ways to really, I'd love to be able to talk to you in in six months and be like, Mm -hmm. the pandemic taught me. (laughs) This is what I've learned. Get shit done, even in a pandemic. Yeah. You know, and then if I that, figure that out, if I if someone tells me about how to do it, then I'll let you know. <laughs> Send you a message. But maybe, maybe they will. Maybe we're all just sort of muddling through it, and at the end, we'll have some idea of what's going on, and we'll be five percent better at things. But that's all right too. Yeah, there's this great. Do you know uh, the book? Atomic Habits, James Clear. Maybe. He's like 1%, 1% improvement. That's, that's, I, that's it. That's all you need to go for. Just one little thing that you change and the massive ripple effect that that has. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. And maybe that's just cutting out the fat. Could be. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me. And anything you want to plug real quick? I mean, your your crowdfunding campaign's over, so there's yeah, you don't have that I mean, easy I'd thing. To, I'd love to meet you on Twitter or Instagram. And your um, Twitter feed is going to be your Twitter thing is going to be right below you there. Okay, great. So, sure there you go. Yeah. Sure. Follow her on Twitter. Pay attention to all of her projects. Um, her. Uh, Best Death Ever is on Facebook, so you can go find it on Facebook, and you can find it on Instagram, and all the places where you find people. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah.